Oh, Amma! Language warning! Very adult content ahead. What troubles you, my child? Hello, sinners. Welcome to Confession Booth, where just by listening, you get to absolve your deepest, darkest, most disgusting, embarrassing, and surprisingly heartfelt secrets. I'm A.H. Cayley, and I'm just digging that hole even deeper. In this episode, we'll be dining on the food of love prepared by head chef Cameron James. He's a comedian, writer, musician, the James half of Jekyll and James, and as he reveals here, a certified buckhead. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Cameron and I've got a confession for you tonight. My confession isn't very dark or disturbing, but it is uh, honest and it's something that I'm very ashamed of deeply and it is that... I was a teenage Jeff Buckley fan, not proud of it, Uh, and like a lot of Jeff Buckley fans, or buckheads as no one calls them, uh, in my early teen years I wrote a number of disgustingly earnest and heart-wrenchingly misguided love songs to just pretty much any girl in my high school who looked at me, Uh, songs with titles such as A Heart Uncaged, yep, Brunette Lament, (laughs) fucking hell Cameron, Um, The Night Before the Morning After, (laughs) Le Petit More, translation The Little Death, ugh, fuck, is there anything more disgusting than teenage boys speaking French, I mean really, even when they're French it's disgusting, it's fucked. (laughs) I'm ashamed of it now, but it's definitely a big part of who I am, uh, for better or worse. Jeff Buckley has informed my understanding of romance and, and shaped my understanding of swim safety as well. I brought a couple of things here tonight. I've got my old notebook from my high school days. <laughs> yeah, boy. And I've got my guitar. This is my guitar here. Her name is Princess Jasmine. No relation. I started playing guitar when I was about 14. Uh, with the hope of getting a few girls. And you know what I got? I got really strong muscles in my wrist, which came in handy because I got zero fucking girls from playing guitar in high school. It was 2002-ish. Guitars weren't cool anymore. Guitar Hero, the video game, had just come out and everyone's little brother was playing Guitar Hero in their underwear, like dead-eyed, staring at the screen. And It was a fucking... The pussy well had dried up for guitarists, basically, at that point in time. But I stuck with it. I believed in it. I, I thought it would pay off in the future. And also, I just loved it. I loved playing it. I played at the school one time. I remember I was supporting a, a girl who was singing some standard song. And, and I felt like Jeff, Jeff Buckley sitting up there on my stool. I was, like, posing sullenly and, like, rocking back and forth occasionally and pulling out all the moves, doing windmills. It's a ballad. I didn't need to do windmills, but I felt like a hero. And I remember this girl came up to me afterwards and she said, I didn't know you played guitar, Cameron. And I was like, oh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like that guitar's playing me. And she said, she said, my uncle plays guitar. You remind me of my uncle, which is a nice thing for a 15-year-old boy to hear. That's really, that's exactly what you want when you're horny and 15. And I just imagined her uncle as well. I could just see him, the type of guy who smiles a lot but has really sad eyes and 
<laughs> rubs dogs' bellies too hard and <laughs> wears double denim, plays in a local rockabilly band. We're called Satan's Sack. We're actually pretty radical. No, you're not, Uncle Rod. You're horrible. Shave the sideburns. Move out of Nan's house. <laughs> but one time, a couple of years later, maybe I was 16 or so, I played in the Battle of the Bands and um, this girl came up to me. Her name was Steph and she spoke to me afterwards. And she was flirting with me. And I thought, oh my God, does this girl have an uncle thing? What's going on here? <laughs> but she was cool. And um, a couple of weeks later, we went to a party together and my band played in the living room and we kissed later that night. And then a little while later, we started going out. And then a little while after that, we started wanting to have sex. Now, look, I was 16. I was pretty inexperienced. I was a virgin. I hadn't managed to trick anyone into having sex with me yet and it is a trick even if you're in love with each other it's manipulation let's acknowledge that so I didn't know I didn't really know uh, what to do but luckily I had a friend Mossy and I think we've all had a Mossy at some point in our lives he was this sexual guide he seemed to know everything about it even though he'd probably only done it one and a half times but still that was like one and a quarter more than me, so it counted. Mossy suggested that I send Steph a sext, a sexual text. Um, so I wrote a sext, and it was epic. This is back when texts were like 140 characters long. I think mine was about seven of those. Um, it was uh, very descriptive, very graphic. It was, wasn't a sext, it was a sex book, really, at the end of the day. It was, it was everything that I wanted to do with her and to her and just in her general direction it was pretty it was vile (laughs) and this is back back then i don't know if you remember this you would write your text and then you would pick someone from your contact uh, contact list to send it to so if you were spacey like me you could just forget who you were texting and send it to the wrong person and i remember i was scrolling through my contacts and i just remember reflecting on what i'd written and thinking this is the filthiest thing that's ever come out of my mind wouldn't it be horrible if my mum ever read this. And then I sent it to my fucking mum! Fuck you, Mossy! This was not in the plan! I had to think quick. I had to come up with something to kind of ease the tension, so I I quickly wrote mum another text before she could reply. The only way I knew how, I turned it into a joke. I wrote, um... I wrote, Sorry, mum, that text wasn't for you. LOL. P.S. What's dad's number? (laughs) Sex failed. Relationship with parents weirdly closer somehow. (laughs) But then Steph made the next move. She took me by surprise. She wrote me a love letter. And about a year ago, I was moving house and I found a bunch of old shit, including this notebook. And I found her love letter. And here it is. I can't believe I had it. Hey, oh my God. Dear Cameron. You are my first, my last, my everything, and the answer to all of my dreams. You're my sun, my moon, my guiding star, my kind of wonderful, that's what you are. I know there's only one, only one like you. There's no way they could have made two. You're all I'm living for, your love I'll keep forevermore. You're my first, my last, my everything. That's from Steph. That's pretty deep for a 16-year-old girl. Pretty poetic. Don't clap. Hold your applause. Maybe a little too deep. I googled those words last year. 
They're the lyrics to a Barry White song. <laughs> Barry White! I got catfished by a black guy from the 70s. How did that happen? <laughs> and I was into it. It worked. <laughs> and I think maybe that's the only time in history that a guy's been tricked into sex by a Barry White song as well. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, anyway, it was my move. So I dusted off Princess Jasmine. I got out the notebook and I wrote Steph a song called A Love That Makes the Roses Cry. Ugh! Fuck off, 16-year-old me. Oh, my God. Um, As I said, I found the notebook last year. The lyrics and the chords were still in there. Look, it's horrible. Um, It's the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity, and I studied modern history, so I know my shit. It's really bad. Um, But I'm going to play it for you now if you'd like to hear it. What do you think? You guys want to hear it? All right, let's do it. To make sure this pussy well is dried up permanently. <laughs> and look, I know you guys are probably sitting there and you're probably assuming that it's going to be really bad, really awful, like terrible songwriting, bad lyrics. But look, in all honesty, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can, musically, it's way worse than you're imagining. It's terrible. It's a nightmare. Um, so this is it. This is The Love That Makes the Roses Cry. It was written by Cameron James nine years ago. Um, I suffered for my art. And now it's your turn. Okay. (laughs) That's just the beginning. (laughs) I long for the ever-present stare of your undressing eyes. The linger just before a kiss Your tongue that slowly slides Into my slightly open mouth The firmness of your lips My hand that gently cups your breast (laughs) The other on your hips Look, this is really sexual I should have preferenced that It's for someone who's never had sex before This is very detailed (laughs) Fucking hell This is actually really breaking my heart Doing this right now Your body curves and tightens as my lips moves from your face, caressing all your softest parts. (laughs) My own breath now will raise your hair, careless. You kiss me way too hard, our naked skin now heating as we both lose our guard because this is love. That will never die And this is love Love that makes the roses cry Make the roses cry There's more? Do you want to hear it? (laughs) It gets worse I slide into your body Like a rich and textured oil. What? (laughs) My blood pumps with each thrust. It simmers, now it boils. Your muscles clench around me as I enter you again. I'm not proud either. Deeper, harder, softer now. Not sure if we're in pain. (laughs) What is that? 
Our breath gets loud and short and my body gathers speed You close your mouth to stop a moan But no, there is no need And we stare into each other's eyes As pleasure takes its hold And climax in each other's arms One love, one flesh, one soul Boom, 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 boom Because this is a love That will never die I said this is a love A love that makes the roses cry Everybody sing along Makes the roses cry I Make the roses cry Thank you <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Thanks, everybody. And Kaylee. Cameron James making more than just the roses cry and revealing my real identity at the end there. That was performed at Good God Small Club. That's all the dirty, dark secrets we've got for now. But up next time, writer, performer and queer rights activist Annalise Constable takes things a little too literally. My vagina spread and grinded like all the way down her body until my ass hit the bottom of the pool. And remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favourite podcasting app. And while you're on iTunes, give us a rating. That would be really, really lovely. I'm A.H. Cayley, A.H. Cayley, and I'll see you next time.